want you to take your Bibles and turn to Lamentation, uh, if you would, the, the book of Lamentations. And, and you can find your place in chapter 3. And then also, if you'll just be over in the book of Romans, the New Testament book of Romans, I'd appreciate that. Uh, it's been such a joy and such a blessing and such a challenge for me uh, to be able to be here and really each night to, to emphasize something that's not really common uh, to be done at a missions conference, and that is to just basically uh, preach and, and talk in the, out the Word of God about Israel and the place of Israel with the Great Commission, the place of Is Israel, and in how that it glorifies the Lord and, and how not, not in their own, but when they reach for Christ and how that the name of the Lord is lifted up. So it's really been a blessing and that is that's my heart you know and and uh but I gotta tell you that when uh we surrendered or uh, we were trying to decide exactly what to do and God was working in our hearts about missions I can remember one night in particular maybe something like this happened to you I was an associate pastor and I was in North Carolina I was a principal of a Christian school and so in in the evening service it was a it's a, a, a medium-sized church and uh when we would have a service sometimes they would have have the invitation and of course as one as the past associate pastor I would come forward and I would stand there to help anybody at the church along with other people like you do sometimes in the front or back and I, I can remember uh, not ever really telling anybody what God had done in my heart about missions and Mary and I would talk uh, you know as a as a uh, couple about what are we going to do God is you know dealing with our heart about missions where are we going to go but or are we going to go and we love to work here and I love being the pastor and the principal of the school and uh, so then so what I did I began for the whole week before that I had a I had a a, a tape a Dissedated a little bit. I had a I had a tape that I played. Okay, and uh, we were we were play, I was playing this, and everywhere I went, I would play this tape, and the whole music tape was about missions. It was songs about missions, and it was really beautiful, beautiful music like you hear here. And uh, and I uh, I remember one of the songs that that was singing was. This song entitled "My Eyes Affect My Heart." Maybe you've heard that done. It was just really, it just was speaking to my heart. And I, but you know, this is interesting. I did not know where that scripture was exactly. I had not really memorized it. I didn't know where it was, but I knew it was somewhere in the Bible, you know. But I knew it was a scriptural song as it was being sang, so, sung. Uh, and so I went the whole week just intending to open up the Bible and find that verse that was really speaking to my heart. Well, I came up that Sunday night and I was there uh, and I was standing at the front of the, to help others. God had burdened my heart greatly. I almost couldn't stand there. I, I was just such a burden for, for what God was doing. And there was a visiting pastor that was there. And right after the, the, uh, the service dismissed, this pastor came straight up the aisle, came to me and said, is God dealing with your heart about missions? And I'm like, oh, wait, hold it. And he said, and then I, he, I said, who told you? He said, nobody. He said, and that's the type of fellow he was. He said, nobody. And I said, well, actually, yes, yes, he is. Okay, take your Bible. I said, okay. And he said, I want you to turn to Lamentations, chapter 3. And I, I, I said, okay. And so I turned the Lamentations and I turned to verse number 48. And it, it said this, 
Mine eye runneth down with rivers of water for the destruction of the daughter of my people. Mine eye trickleth down and ceaseth not without any intermission. To the Lord look down and behold from heaven. And then here was the verse. All the way, here was the verse. Mine eyes affected mine heart because of all the daughters of my city. And I went, I went, the, 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 the pastor's name was Brother Todd. And I said, Todd, you're not going to believe what God just did. And he said, oh, I believe it. God's speaking to your heart, isn't it? I said, yes. And I remember, and he said this, you need to go to where God is, is, is leading you. You need to go and see the field and see what God is, uh, God is uh, working there and see if it affects your heart. And I said, Okay, I, 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 want, I want to do that. Well, anyway, long story short, uh, it was but just a few weeks later, God worked in a letter that was sent from South Africa and 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 uh, to our church. It was just as an interesting thing, and uh, and 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 through another missionary, uh, I was challenged to visit South Africa. So I, I, I got on a plane and I flew over to South Africa. Mary, we had a lot of small children. We, she couldn't go, but she said, you go check it out and see what you think, you know. And so we, she was praying and I went over there. And I can remember going around the city and, 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 and seeing the city. And, you know, I, we were interested in, in the Jewish population there, but, but all the people. But I got to tell you, I did not really see any Jewish people there hardly. And there, was, there were 100,000. There was 100,000 Jewish people, and I could not find any. I mean, one or two, three. And it was so, you know, I'm like, where are they at, you know? And I can remember... At the end of the week, having a good week, but a little bit disappointing. And then I got on the plane and I was going to fly back. And I can remember looking out over that city and seeing the millions of people, over 10 million in this mega city area of Houting in South Africa. And God broke my heart. And, it, and I never did see really any Jewish people. It was just a mass of people that were there. And God broke my heart for those people. And so we flew home and there's a big story there, but I made the announcement. I made the mistake of not telling Mary first, but anyway, no, I'm just kidding. I, we, we had went right to church and she knew that God was dealing with me in any way. So I was making an announcement and God, God was working in both our hearts. But in just a, a, a couple years of deputation, and we, looked, we had our family, we went on to South Africa. Why did I say that? Because the Lord is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And I can remember standing out into a, a field uh, uh, that overlooked a, a city that were all around this particular mountain. There were cities all around it. And there were hundreds of thousands of people in each one of those cities. And in that particular area, there weren't any Jewish people. But God continued to break my heart for all the people of South Africa. Uh, South Africa. And the first church that we had was out in the township. And we would walk among the, uh, the rocks and sit on the rocks and do Bible studies and lead these little children to the Lord. And God allowed us to do this. It was one Wonderful. And then I can remember how God began to make the contact with the Jewish people there. And the Lord uh, uh, burdened our hearts more and more about God's chosen people and how we would reach them. So together we reached out uh, by the grace of God to these people in South Africa. And they still have our hearts, don't they, Mary? We would go back tomorrow if we could, but the Lord wants us here.
But the Bible is talking here particularly about the Jewish people. And the sad part about it is that uh, in the history of the church, there really hasn't been enough burden for the Jewish people in, to reach out to them. But what I want to emphasize in the beginning of this message is that you, it, you don't have a burden for any one group of people. You have a burden for all people, right? Amen. No matter where God sends you, when, where, no matter what country God sends you to, it's souls around the world. And the Bible says, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God and the salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. So what I want to do in this remaining time is to go through the word of God and I want to look carefully one more time at why that we should be reaching the Jewish people with the gospel. And I so appreciate being a, to bear my heart on this, but I want you to understand that we love all people and God has called us to all people. But to reach the Jewish people is all of our responsibility around the world. Let's look at this quickly, okay? So, and, it's, and so first I want to look at Lamentations chapter 1, if you would turn back there, just at one verse. Why should we uh, be reaching the Jewish people with the gospel? Because there's a biblical plea for the Jewish people in particular. Look what it says in Lamentations chapter 12, chapter 1 and verse number 12. The Bible says, Is it nothing to you, all ye that pass by? Behold and see if there be any sorrow like unto my sorrow which is done unto me, wherewith the Lord has afflicted me in the day of his fierce anger. And the Bible goes on in the book of Lamentations. The book of Lamentations is about the Lamentations of Jeremiah and how that, the, how that he was lamenting about the state of Israel, that, that is the people of God there and God's chosen people and how that they had got, got into idolatry and they were being taken away by the Babylonian army. And there was all kinds of horrible things happening around the world, around in the Jewish realm. Uh, of the Jewish people, excuse me. And so today we have the Jewish people spread around the world and, uh, and they need, desperately need somebody to look on them in the cities around the world and to have compassion on them. And the Bible gives us a plea for that compassion. He says, is it nothing to you, all ye that pass by? The people of the heritage, the people that God gave the, uh, of the adoption, the glory, the covenants, they're now fallen and they're downcasted and downtrodden and they're looking on even as a curse around the world. Is it nothing to us uh, that these were God's chosen people and now they're downtrodden and, look, and around the world and anti-Semitism is growing even in the church. The chosen people of God are living in the very uh, darkness from which uh, we were redeemed. But it had it not been for God using them, we would still be in that darkness, right? God used them tremendously. Paul had this same compassion. Now we're going to go up to the, the book of Romans, if you would, please. Paul had this same compassion. In chapter 9 of Romans and, and verse number 1, the Bible says, I say the truth in Christ, I lie not. Is, don't, don't you just love it how God used Paul to express uh, himself? He said, I lie not, my conscience also bear me witness in the Holy Ghost. That I have great heaviness and continual sorrow in my heart. For I, I could wish that myself were a curse from Christ 
for my brethren, my kinsmen, according to the flesh. Paul had a deep burden for his people according to the flesh. This apostle to the Gentiles had a continual burden for the Jewish people that they might come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. And, we, and we've already covered how he uh, went about that. As he went about reaching the Gentiles with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, he actually prayed that God would use that to, uh, uh, to promote them to jealousy, to provoke them. That they might, by seeing others uh, find the peace of God, that they might come to know God. But it takes a burden. It takes a passion uh, for God's chosen people to even remember them. There, there's not many. There's only about 14 to 15 million uh, in the whole world that we know of. There may be more than that, but that's the statistics that tell us there's only that many around the world. But God puts such a premium on reaching them, not because their souls, as I've said so many times, are more valuable than any soul of the Gentile. But this is why. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And he, gave, he had a plan, and that plan involved God's chosen people and God used them so it should be the compassion and the passion of everyone that goes anywhere in the whole world that they would reach the Jewish people with the gospel in some way, somehow. And so there is this, and it's a plea for compassion for them. There's a plea for peace. Psalms chapter uh, 122 says this, uh, that, that we're to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. There's only true peace is only found, right, in Christ. And so they need true peace. Uh, you know, there's, we know that, uh, that the Lord let others, uh, the Jewish people, see that when Christ was born. Some of them, Simeon raised up, we were talking about Christmas, Simeon raised up at the birth of Christ and he was brought to the, to the temple. And he says, now let me depart in peace according to thy word. Why? Because you've let me see your salvation, Right? And so uh, this peace that needs to come to Israel and needs to come through the gospel, through that, through that babe, through that uh, Christ, that Messiah of Israel. And so it's a peace. Uh, I, I remember when I was in South Africa, and give this one quick example, I, was, I, was, I used to have a ministry among the, the Orthodox Jewish young men in the park. And I remember what going. I would go down there every evening or every every Shabbat. Or I would go down and I would make sure I was there on Sabbath, and uh, I would make sure I would try to get home before dark because in Johannesburg you just didn't stay out after dark, especially. And I can remember coming home and I was going to help Mary with dinner and all of a sudden, uh, I, I, you know, the Lord just laid it on my heart to go back down to the park. Well, there were no Jewish people left in the park by that time. And I said, well, Lord, no, I don't need to go back down there. It's dangerous. And, 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 and it just kept impressing on my heart. So I can remember, I was telling Mary, Mary, I'll be right back. She said, you're going back down there? It's dark. I said, I'll go right there. I'll be right back. I promise you. But the Lord wants me to go down. So I remember going down there and I, it was dark and I went and sat on the bench in the middle of this park. In Johannesburg, South Africa. If anybody knows that, we know that's not a wise thing to do. But anyway, I'm sitting there 
And all of a sudden, I saw these two shadowy figures, and, he's, and, and, and they started toward me, and I started singing, Lord, I'm coming home. But anyway, uh, they, they, they came for me, and I recognized them. It was two of the Orthodox Jewish uh, young men, and their names was Judah and Eli. Eli. And, uh, and Judah and Eli came up and they said, we're glad you came back down. We had been talking to these young men. Valdoy said, we're glad to come down. We have some questions to ask you. And they began asking me about what we were talking about, about the Messiah. And, it, and I said, why are you asking this? And this is what he said, Judah. He said, my religion doesn't have what I need. And, and, and he said, I'm, I played a shofar in, the, in the, a synagogue, and, and my father is a lead, leader in, in the synagogue. He said, but he said, I, I'm, and he's told me this. He volunteered this. He said, but alcohol and, and drugs, I, I just am a slave to those. And, and he was just bearing his heart that night. This, the, and, and I was like, and I try, and so I went and shared Christ with them. And, you know, they, they just, they hung their head. They listened to the presentation of the gospel. Uh, and, and then they went on. They didn't bow their head and they didn't accept the Lord that night. I, I, I believe that somewhere in this world, I, Judah can hear me tonight, you know. But I believe that God is using that as one step toward him accepting the Lord. But, but what I'm getting at is this. There needs to be this compassion a plea for the peace. They needed peace. A plea for salvation. Look at Romans chapter 10, please. Uh, uh, for, uh, chapter 10 and verse number 1 and 2. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. For I bear it in record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. I was talking with someone. We've had some wonderful conversations since we've been here. And they were talking about how that when they would see uh, sometimes the fervency of the Jewish people in their religion, how it really, uh, it really affected their heart. One of the places that you can really see that fervency is at the Wailing Wall. When you go to the Wailing Wall and you go up and you see, and sometimes I go down there at early in the morning, five, six in the morning, and go down there at the early prayers, and I look at both ways and I see the Orthodox Jewish people, and they're just fervently praying their prayers, going back and forth. Some of them, with you can tell with tears. I don't know what they're saying. Uh, most of them, most of them are doing rote prayers. Some of them, I don't know, but I will say this there's a zeal there they have a zeal but it's not according to knowledge because Hosea uh, the prophet said this my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge they don't know they need to know the reality of the God of Israel the God that is the great I am the, uh, they need that reality and they don't have it and that should give us such a burden for these people who bought us the God of Israel, amen? And so, and so there's, there's this plea. Let's quickly go on. So that's, that's one reason why. But there's other reasons why. And we, some of this, we covered some, but there's, there is a program, you know that. We've talked about the, the Abrahamic uh, covenant. We've talked about how God called them in Genesis chapter 12. We, we read that. And he says, you'll be a blessing to all nations. And the Abrahamic covenant is an unconditional covenant, right? And they're, and they're still under that. And the Abrahamic covenant is, is everlasting. But it also continues 
with this everlasting identity. I want you to turn back, if you would, uh, to 2 Samuel. And I want you to look in 2 Samuel chapter 7 and look at verse number 22. And see what God, uh, how God talks about the everlasting identity of the, of the nation of Israel. In chapter 7, verse number 22 of 2 Samuel, it says, Wherefore thou art great, O Lord God, <laughs> and there is none like thee, neither is there any God besides thee, according to all that we have heard with our ears. Isn't that a, a wonderful way to begin this? The God, the great I am, the, he's God. But look what he says. And what one nation in the earth is like thy people, even like Israel, whom God went to redeem for a people to himself and to make him a name and to do uh, you great things and terrible for the land before thy people, which thou redeemest to thee from Egypt, from the nations and their gods. And now it says it in verse 24, for thou hast confirmed to thyself thy people Israel to be a people unto thee. What is the next word? Forever. Let's say that together, right? Forever. And thou, Lord, art become their God. God has a continuing, everlasting identity. You read in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 31, uh, as we turn uh, to go back up, we'll, we'll stop in Jeremiah, if you would, and look at verses number, uh, chapter 31. The Bible talks a little bit about this everlasting identity. The Bible says, in verse, chapter 31 and verse number 35. Thus saith the Lord which giveth the sun for a light by day and the ordinances of the moon and the stars for a light by night which divideth the sea when the waves thereof roar. The Lord of hosts is his name. And then he says this. If those ordinances depart from before me, talking about the stars, the moon, and all the ordinances uh, before me, saith the Lord, then the seed of Israel also shall cease from being a nation before me forever. What is he saying? He said before Israel would not cease to be a nation, before they would not be preserved by God himself, the sun would have to quit shining. The moon would have to pass away. The stars would have to fall from heaven. Do you see how God loves the nation of Israel he wants them reach with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ and he wants all of us involved in that I, I'm up here pleading for this cause for Israel because that's why God sent me but it's not the job of international board of Jewish missions to reach the Jewish people with the gospel it's the job of every single church. And I so appreciate the spirit that's in this church and the, and, and the burden that you have and the freedom to be able to share with the passion uh, this, this with you. But I'll tell you that it's been too uh, characterized or, or compartmentalized, okay? Uh, so now it says, okay, we, we have uh, this one and they're trying to reach the Jew and this one, they're going to reach this one. And, you know, but really the truth of the matter is People go to different places in the world, but we all reach the Jew and the Gentile, right? And so here, here it is, and it's the biblical program. It continues, and, it, and, and ultimately it, it, it consummates with an eternal purpose. And that eternal purpose is that, uh, and we've talked about that in the Great Commission, how it will be in Israel and God himself in Israel will complete the spread of the gospel by the Jewish people around the world. So there's this eternal purpose and it's not changed. 
So there's a, a, there's a biblical program. There's a biblical plea. Let's go another one. There's a, a biblical priority. You know I get with that one. Okay. There's a biblical priority to reach the, uh, uh, the Jewish people. The, in Mark chapter 16, the Bible says uh, th that they were to preach the gospel to every creature. And, uh, and, and so that means to both the Jew and the Gentile. And so, but for over 1,900 years, the church as a whole has not been faithful in evangelizing the Jewish people. Of all people on the face of the earth, the Jewish people should not be an unreached people group anywhere in the world. We should be reaching them with the gospel all around. And the result is that, uh, it result that many times there's just no burden at all for the Jewish neighbors that live in the cities and the, and the uh, places around the world and the countries. We should be seeking them out with the gospel along with all the rest of the people that God has uh, sent us to, right? We should be seeking them out. It is the priority of evangelism. The priority of evangelism is found in Romans 1.16, but it's found in other places too. Uh, we, we see it in Acts 14.1, if you'll turn up there quickly. And, and uh, the, the Bible tell, shows us by the Apostle Paul how that he uh, would always go and try to reach his pe uh, people according to the flesh. The Bible says in Acts 14, uh, 1, it came to pass in Iconium, and they went both together into the synagogue of the Jews, and so spake that a great multitude, both of the Jews and of the Gentiles, the Greeks, believed. And, uh, and, and, we, and we see that. And, then, and, and all you have to uh, do is turn up a few more pages into 17, 1. And the Apostle Paul, uh, in, in 17, he says, And then when they came, passed through Amphipolis and uh, Apony. Apollonia, uh, sorry, and came to Thessalonica. There was a synagogue of the Jews, and Paul, as his manner was, went into them and three Sabbath day reasoned with them out of the scriptures. And so we don't have to go any further, but when you follow, when you follow the ministry of the Apostle Paul, the Apostle Paul always tried to make it at least a priority to while he was reaching out to the Gentiles would reach out to the Jewish people. It was a priority. And so there is that priority. But I want to I finish with this point. There's power. There's power and promises of that related to Jewish evangelism. What are some of the promises? There's a promise of blessing. There really is. Uh, there's a promise of blessing. The Bible says in Genesis 12, 3, I will bless them that bless thee. And one of the greatest blessings we can be to God's chosen people, obviously, is to reach them with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. We reach them. And it's our responsibility. It's a promise of blessing. I was down one time in, in, uh, in Mexico. And by the way, just to provoke you to jealousy a little bit, uh, in, in Mexico, the churches are getting this and, and they're, they're making it a priority in their missions, not to have more missionaries to the Jew, but just making sure that the missionaries are reaching out to the Jewish people around the world and, and trying to help with that. 
But boy, the ones that are even out uh, working the, uh, the Hispanics are the ones in Asia. It's amazing what's happening in the Philippines. Uh, we went there in, in 2009. There was, uh, that we know of, one church that was really had a burden to reach out and try to make it a priority to the Jewish people. And you say, I didn't know that there were that many Jewish people in the Philippines. There's not. There's only about 500 in all those, all those uh, islands there. But you know what they have? They have a burden to spread the gospel around the world with a priority to the Jewish people reaching them. So when you go into the churches, many of the churches in the Philippines, you see there, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. They even have special times when they come down, these churches, and they'll pray for just the peace of Jerusalem. That's their prayer right there. And they try to practice it because they want to keep their priority in front of the people. And you say, will God bless that? Absolutely. When I was in, when I was in uh, Mexico, I, I, I was bearing my heart on this out of the scripture. And, I, and a pastor walked up to me. He was an American pastor. And he said, I got a story to tell you. He said, this really works. It's a blessing, I'm telling you. And he said, we, we began getting a burden to try to reach the Jewish people. So we just began praying. We didn't know how to begin this. So we just started praying. He said, uh, I, we were rather discouraged about what, at that point, what was happening in the church. And he said, we prayed. And he said, so we went out as normal on, on, uh, on Saturday morning to, to witness, to go on the street evangelism. And he said, we, we, uh, I, I went up to a house and, and we knocked on the door. And he said there was no answer at the door, but they knew that there was somebody there. Okay, so what does a good Baptist do? He goes around to the side door. Okay, and so he goes around to the side door and he knocks on the door. But when they went around to the side, they saw a car. And the car was there and it was running. And there was a hose that was running into, and I don't want to describe it, but you know, you get what I'm talking about. And, there, and they ran over to the car and they ripped open the doors and there was an elderly couple in that car. There was a man in the front seat and a lady in the back seat. And they were elderly couple and, and, and the lady didn't have, she was a double amputee. And when they, when they ripped open the car, they started saying, don't call the police, don't, 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 don't tell on us, don't tell. And this was an elderly couple and the pastor was like, no, 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 we just want to help you, we'll help you in the house. They went and, and they went and got the, uh, the elderly couple and they took them out of the car and they got them into the house. And they said the house was just horrible. It was just a mess and it was just falling down. And, uh, and, and the man and the woman said, we just couldn't take it anymore. Life is just too hard. And so the uh, pastor said, oh, we have the answer for you. And he began to share with them Jesus. And of all things, right in the middle of it, they both said, oh, no, no, we can't do that. We're Jewish. Now, here they were at the, trying to end their life. But when they heard that, you know, about Jesus, they had been taught all their life. No, that can't be the answer because, you know, we're Jewish. And, uh, and, and, and so this pastor, he made sure they were okay. They really checked on them. They made a promise not to do anything else. They watched over them. I don't know if they, who they might have got involved, but he went back to the church and he got up in front of the church and this pastor said, and this pastor's relating this to me. And the pastor said, I, I got my church and I told my people, said, we're going to love those two to Christ. We're going to love them to Christ. 
And, the, and so the ladies went over there. They cleaned up the house. They fixed it up. The men went over. They re-roofed the house. They did all kinds of things. They, they fixed it up. And it wasn't but just a few months late, uh, of that. And then all of a sudden, the pastor, he said, I got a phone call. And he said, you need to come over here quick. Come over here quick. So he raced to the house. And he went in. And the lady said, I can't take this anymore. I need to trust Jesus as my Savior. And she got saved right there by the grace of God. And the man said, oh, I can't do that yet. And she rolled over in a wheelchair, put her hands on his face. And this pastor said, she said, honey, we've been together all these years. Please, I want to be together in eternity with you. Accept Jesus as your Messiah. And he did. And he got saved right there. Now, that doesn't always happen. But that, that's what God, how God used this. But let me tell you the end of this story. You know, um, a lot of Jewish people have never been in a church. They've never, and so they don't know really how to do this. But, you know, they need to be brought into a church. So the pastor said, well, you know, you need to come now Sunday. And if you come Sunday, you can make a profession of faith. And, and they, you know, and tell people what God did for you. And so he said, okay. So uh, Sunday came and it started and the music started and no, no couple. And then it kept on and it, it was going on. And just about the time that the pastor was getting ready to preach, uh, all of a sudden, there's a knock on the door, okay? <laughs> and uh, so uh, they, they go back and they open the door and they said, well, the door was shut. We figured we needed to knock, you know? So uh, the, the, the man uh, was rolling in, the lady in the wheelchair. They were coming down the center aisle and, and, and they had two people on either side of them. And, and as they were coming down now, this pastor said that that man said, listen, these are two of my Jewish friends. You need to tell them what you told us. I want them to be saved too. And you believe it or not, I promise you, this pastor said those two got saved that morning. And he said that started such an amazing revival in their church. And he said, oh, there were many more Gentiles that were saved than Jewish people in that revived church, in that revival. But that's what God's plan is. Do you understand? That, that it is to the Jew first. Why? Because he loves the Gentiles. And he wants more, even more Gentiles to be saved. And I believe we can say on the authority of the word of God, if we have a heart to reach the Jewish people with the gospel, we'll see more Gentiles come. Because that's God's, that's God's the way God's plan is. And, and, I, and I believe that God will help us. And if, you, if, we'll, if we'll in our churches We'll, we'll uh, teach our people to love Israel. And you say, well, how can that happen? Because when you love Israel, when you love God's chosen people, you will love souls even more. Because it's just a natural thing. That goes hand in hand. The, uh, the promises of the gospel, it's a promise of blessing. And God will bless you if we do that and make that a priority in our missions around the world. It's a promise of power. Uh, and 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 it's and it the gospel is the power and the salvation. There will uh, Jewish people be saved, and that's what I want to end with this, uh, today. Because many people they say, well, how can you? How can we have that type of program in our church? How can we really reach out to the Jewish community? We need to pray, right? We need to pray that God would use his, uh, the gospel of the Lord and the power of the gospel to lead them to Christ. We need to pray for divine appointments. Right.
that God in, in, in our areas, I was, I was kind of joking, every message I picked on Iceland over here, but that uh, I was telling him today, you know, I got a message from Brad, Brad today, you know, and he said, there's 250 Jews in Iceland. Tell that missionary, <laughs> make sure he gets them, okay? And so that's, you say, is that exciting? It's exciting to think that maybe God would use you not only to win many Gentiles to the Lord, but there you could reach the house of Israel there in the country of Iceland. And they're all around the world. It is the power of God and the salvation. I'll end with this uh, and then we'll, we'll go tonight. I, I loved Dr. Ray Thompson. Do you, did you know Brother Ray? What a dear man. And his wife still goes to church with us. And Brother Ray is with the Lord now, a longtime missionary down in the islands. And what a, what a wonderful man. And he, he, one day he called me on the phone. He said, I got to tell you a story. And I said, what? He said, you know, years ago, I was visiting somebody in a hospital. And he said, I, I went, uh, I was going down and I, I looked in a room. It wasn't a person I went to visit. I looked in a room and I saw this man there. And, I, and he said, I went in and I said, sir, can I, can I be of any help to you? And the man said, oh, no. And he said, uh, why are you here? And he said, I'm here. And it's interesting I would give this story because it was the same reason that he was there. And he was laying there and he had attempted to end his own life. And he was a young man. And, and so Ray, Dr. Thompson said, uh, hey, there's something. He said, hey, there's something I'd like to talk to you. He said, well, I'm Jewish. And he said, well, that's okay. Let me show you something. And he opened up, he took and opened up the, the, the drawer and there was a Bible in, in the drawer. And he said, look, he said, this, this has got the answers. This has your answers here. And that's all he said. And as he walked out uh, of the room, the, the man said, who are you? And he said, just an ambassador, just an ambassador. And he walked on, he visited the other person he was supposed to visit. And as he was coming back 20 minutes later, he was coming back down the aisle. And, and, and the man saw him and said, come here, come here, come here. And he went back in and he said, 20 minutes, I found three answers to my problems in this book. And Dr. Thompson said, hey, there's more than that. And he opened up the word of God and he led that Jewish man to a saving knowledge of the Messiah. And Dr. Thompson told me this. He says, that's been like 25, 30 years ago. Every year I get a letter as addressed to my ambassador. My ambassador. And he says it talks about how he's growing in Christ and the Lord is using him in the church and he's this Jewish person. Boy, I could tell you story after story like the brother said all night long, hey? But I'm not going to do that. But let me, let me challenge you. Have a compassion. Oh, no, let God give you a compassion for his chosen people. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Allow God to help you see that, there, there, that not only will he lead them to Christ, will he bring them to Christ, but the power of the gospel is there to use you to bring them to Christ. So I want to just challenge you. Pray, God, allow me as a Gentile Christian. I'm so thankful to, the, to God's chosen people and the Jewish people and how you've used them, how you're going to use them. Let me lead someone. Let me witness to them. Bring them the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I know it will make a difference, God, in my life and even the life of our church.